Hello, hello, and welcome back to another week of Kent and the Steering Team. As always, you are joined by myself, Drew, my good mate, Phil. Uh, unfortunately, Kent can't be here this week. He's found himself trapped in room 237 of the Overlook Hotel. Anyway, on with the show. Mr. Phil, how are you? I'm quite well, thank you, Mr. Drew. Yes, quite well indeed. Doing my own thing and uh, plodding along happily and... Uh, thrilled to say that I've, I've seen Dr. Sleep now, um, and how are yes. you? I am rather well, rather sleepy, not as mm-hmm. bad as last week though, so hopefully I will not drift away during the episode <laughs> this time. Yeah, thank you, appreciate it. Um, because of course we are doing this with our fantastic little time difference, aren't we? Yes, exactly. Um, yes. You know, yeah, it's convenient for me because it is... 2:27 p.m. and it's inconvenient for you because it is 1:27:28 yep. a.m. Right? Yep. 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 Correct. Now that I'm getting the, the time difference down pat. Uh, yes. No. Uh, 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 doing doing wonderfully. And of course, in the last week, you set me the challenge to go and see Doctor Sleep, and uh, I certainly oh, yeah. did. We uh, Sarah and I went out to the movies uh, the other night, and um, man, what a, what a, what a film that is. Uh, of course, there'll be plenty more of that a little bit later on. Of course, on this show, we've also got for you um, a little take on uh, Rick and Morty, because we, we, of course, have watched that. I can't remember if we've discussed it or not. I think we should discuss it, seeing as episode two is out now. Um, yes. And then also, Disney Plus has dropped on us. It's not in the UK yet, but Drew, you've got it in Australia, and you've oh, made sure yeah. that you yourself have it. So let's start there. Tell me about it. What what's 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 to love? What's to hate? What's good? What's bad? Is it worth the cost? Talk to me. Okay, there's so much to go through with this. I, I and the fun thing for me is that I've barely scratched the surface with it. Mm-hmm. So I went ahead and got it. What yeah, yesterday morning? I think it would have I think been? it was. I can't remember, yeah, but yeah, I think the, it was yeah, the nineteenth. Yeah, so yesterday morning, um, I actually set an alarm to see the countdown finish, but it turned out they launched it a few hours early. All um, right. Yeah, I think it was meant to launch at 9 a.m., but I, I got up at like 8, 8, or 7, 30, 8 o'clock, and it was already up, so I was like, oh, okay. Uh, mm. Signed up, seven-day free trial. It gives you an option for payment. You can either do it monthly at $8.99 a month, or you could do it on an annual membership for a year and pay eighty nine ninety. By doing that, you wind up getting two months free. Right. So I signed up for the annual version. So you paid the eighty nine. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, because at, at the end of the day, I knew that I was going to wind up keeping it. It works out well for me, for the family, and for my little munchkin. So yep. I was like, okay, perfect. Yeah, well worth it. Yeah. Now that's just on the face of it. That's before even looking at how it operates or its content or anything like that. Diving into the content, I am really genuinely quite stunned. Mm. I had a good idea of how much was going to be on there and I'd read some lists and went, okay, like, seems to be a bit on there. There's a lot more than what they'd actually initially announced. There's so much more. Does it not have anything from Fox, though, in Australia? No, that's not correct. Um, There's plenty of Fox stuff. All 30 seasons of The Simpsons, for instance. So it's got 13 good ones and the rest are terrible. Excellent. Yep. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Avatar. All right. Okay. Uh, Home Alone 1, 2, and 3 are all there. 
So it's got the good ones. Good, good. Miracle on 34th Street, both the original and the remake. Both in there. Uh, okay. The Sound of Music. Of course, that was Fox. But yes. so, but so, what I've read is that um, Disney are looking at in the future bringing platforms like Hulu uh, and stuff to Australia. And when, um, well, Disney's looking at doing that on behalf of Fox, I guess I should say, um, with the intention being that films like Deadpool and I guess for me things like um, Die Hard and stuff would be on 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 Hulu rather than on Disney Plus, seeing as Disney is looking at being more family oriented. Yes, I think I read that which- correctly. Yeah, which to me makes a little bit of sense. I also find it a bit silly, but I, I think it's silly. I, I kind of get the approach. I think when I saw a press conference launch about um, or a launch press conference about Disney Plus, they had the screen behind them, which had the you know the different boxes showing Pixar, Disney, um, Marvel. You had Lucasfilm, and then they had Fox and Fox Searchlight as different options. I think that's the way they should have done it. I think it should be parental lock on there but i would put all of the content in one place because i think it's kind of ridiculous they look they may eventually get to that yeah but even if they'd make it where you know look if you have disney plus you can get hulu free or something i doubt they will i just think it's kind of um they're taking the piss a little bit if they start to split their stuff up because it kind of defeats the purpose of having all your stuff on a a streaming service like disney plus if you're not going to have all your stuff in one place yeah like like disney plus it's been their marketing campaign as well i I, that that stuff I I find a bit silly, but other than that, I I've been really happy with it so far. My internet lets me down from time to time, which has been a bit of a frustrating uh, conundrum in there. But does it stream the same as like Netflix, as in like in terms of quality levels, or is it a little bit more um, effort on the internet? I've actually found it's been better than Netflix and Stan. Okay, well, that's just that's a positive sign. I, okay, so it's it's like the tiniest thing, but mm. if my internet decides to give a bit of trouble for a second, what it will do, it'll automatically, it'll understand that it's trying to buffer, and the second it does it, it, as soon as it recognizes that it's got enough for it to play, it won't continue playing, it'll backtrack five to ten seconds oh, that's automatically. That can be annoying, but also that's not a bad thing as well. I love it. It just it because as opposed to it, it just helps you being, to have yeah. I guess I guess as opposed to it being um, a bit annoying, kicking off from the exact same second and it kind of just jumping in words. At least it lets you play through a conversation again, so that we yeah. Use. No, actually, that's a good thing. That is a good thing. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Um, picture quality has been really good. Um, I'm still kind of getting used to the functionality in regards to like like spacebar for pausing and playing when watching off the computer isn't quite happening yet i'm just assuming that's something they'll get to uh, i've tried it on i've tried it on four different platforms actually mm-hmm. i've tried it on my iphone i've tried it on my macbook using a browser i've used it on the playstation 4 and I've yep. used it in the lounge on the Apple TV. And what's your favourite? Uh, you, the Apple TV comes up the nicest. I think that could also just be an internet connection thing because our modem's hooked directly into it. Sure. So it'd be the fastest. Um, it, it's probably it was probably optimised for something like Apple TV anyway. Yeah. 
Um, the PlayStation version is fantastic. The only issue is that I have issues getting internet to the PlayStation from right. time to time. It right. doesn't always work properly in my room, and that is what it is. The mobile version's quite clean, like, runs quite smoothly. The, the browser version is pretty standard, much like the Netflix browser. Right. But yeah, look, it's it's interesting. The amount of content that they've dug up, and, and I know that they don't have everything on there yet, and that's awesome because it means that there'll be plenty more to add. Yeah. But some of the things they've found, I'm stunned not only that they found it, but that they've cleaned up the, the video quality and had it ready to play in HD. That's fantastic. Give it, give us an example. Like what, 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 what do you, what do you see as remarkable that they've gotten been able to produce in, in some sort of HD upscaling? The Little Mermaid, the animated series. There's, there's really? one for you. Yeah, one that I certainly, it was certainly one I thought, oh, that'd be cool if they put stuff like that on there. But they went ahead and did it. Does it have? I think I've asked you this before. Does it have Buzz Lightyear, the animated series? Buzz Lightyear from Star Command. Do you know I haven't actually looked for it yet? Guess what I'm going to do right now. Look for it and tell me. I need to know this. There's been so many other things. So Bonkers is on there. Wow, Bonkers. Yeah, Bonkers is on there. Gargoyles, Tailspin, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, DuckTales, Quack Pack, which was the DuckTales sequel where where Huey, Dewey, and Louie are a bit older. Um, Wow, I didn't even see that one. Recess is on there. Like, all of Recess is on there. Fantastic. Lloyd in Space. Uh, Look for that one, too. Oh, wow. Meet the Deedles and Turner and Hooch. Three Men and a Baby. First Kid with Sinbad. (laughs) There's some cool stuff. Um, The Buzz Lightyear series is not on there yet. That's disgraceful. Lloyd in Space. Should be a launch title. Well, in Australia, it's not on there. Disgraceful. What a shame. Yes. Here's what you can do if there's something missing from their service. They have a feedback section on the app or, or on every version of it. You can access the feedback section. Right. When you get into feedback, you can suggest titles for them to add to the collection. That's cool. I like that. That's really good. And I mean, when you go to do it, use it, but yeah. Well, apparently they are like they they really they want people putting this stuff in. So when it asks you to recommend a title for a movie or a TV show to add to the service, it doesn't just get you to recommend one. It gives you space to put three in. How many times can you do that every time? Like can constantly just go back to it, or do you only yeah. have the choice? No, 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 no. You do it as many times as you want. So for me, the first thing I requested off there was The Muppet Show because Mm -hmm. Disney owned the rights to all five seasons of the show. They've released the first three seasons on DVD, but seasons four and five never got released. So So you could then suddenly have access to it. Yeah, and I very much want that. So I put in a request for The Muppet Show and for the 90s Muppets Tonight that Disney produced two seasons of. Right. And I requested... Oh, 
I the third thing I requested was Aladdin the animated series. I remember that, and that that was a big part of my Saturday mornings because I'd never mm. um, growing up because I'd never wake up. See, I'd never wake up in time to watch that. A bit of the the habit of not waking up in time to watch cheese TV in Australia on a on a, on a school um, yeah. school morning. I'd always get that little bit of extra sleep rather than wake up and watch something. Um, but what it what it means is that. Um, on Saturdays, I never woke up in time to watch Aladdin the animated series. I'd only ever be awake in time to watch the last probably minute and a half, and then the uh, closing song, which was looking at the um, uh, the the uh, the palace, the um, I don't know, yeah, the palace and the, the song Arabian Night playing as the theme song. Yeah, yeah, that's all I can remember, and it turning to sunset. Well, nighttime. With any luck, it'll be on the service soon enough, and. Mm. On the off chance that it's not, by the time you get back here, then I'll crack open the videos because I've got some of it on video. <laughs> we can go and dig into that. You know, I still have have never uh, seen Aladdin properly. You've what? Any of them or any of them? Anything? Okay, so they the live action one with Will Smith is not on the service yet. Yeah. But the original animated film is there along with both its sequels. Were the sequels in released in cinema? Nope. Yeah. And the second one has Dan Castellaneta voicing the genie, but the third one, Robin Williams, came back. That's nice that that happened. Did he did he voice the uh, uh, the genie in the animated cartoon? On Dan animated Castellaneta series? did. In the, okay. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's so much on there. Like all the. All the key Disney animated films that you could think of have made their way on there already, and they all seem like if they had the made-for-DVD sequels or made-for-video sequels on there, they're on yeah. there too. So Atlantis 1 and 2 are both there. Beauty and the Beast, all three animated films are there, and the live-action mm. one. Uh, Little Mermaid, it's all there. Uh, Cinderella, yeah. Yeah. Uh- so I guess I guess you could say it's the um, the ideal service to have. It's probably. Uh, would you say if you had to choose between having Netflix or Disney Plus, which one would you choose at this moment, at this exact moment in time? Disney Plus, and and I, I got a few reasons. The price point being the first one. Yes. Second second one being that I I have a ridiculous amount of films that I've bought on video, DVD, Blu-ray, whatever, and a lot of it is Disney. Two full yes. shelves are Disney. And that's only a tiny portion of what's on this service. Right. The fact that animated shows from my childhood, Goof Troop is on there. <laughs> Fantastic. Tailspin. Wait. So it's... Right. Okay. So you're you're leaning towards Netflix at the moment, I guess, and I guess hopefully they, they I'm, do. No, I'm I'm well, I'm I'm leaning toward Disney Plus. Like, sorry, that's what I meant. You're leaning yeah. towards Disney Plus, um, and I guess the hope is that for someone like me, they add more Fox content as well, depending on what they're able to in this region where I th- Fox still doesn't exist. I, th- exists I think they're heading that they're heading that way. They've um, <clears throat> sorry, they've removed most of. Well, pretty well all the Disney content has left Stan already, but Stan still has a number of the Touchstone Pictures titles, I've noticed. So, 10 Things I Hate About You appears on Disney+, Plus, but it says it's coming at a later date. 
uh, I think it's like 11th of December or something that's coming. So it's basically but, we're waiting for contracts to start to wind down. Yeah. Um, and so contracts it's already, that were... Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess I guess Stan signed those contracts with the intention of only being a, a temporary yeah. thing until Disney Plus came along. That's why suddenly exactly. they all dropped off of Netflix and appeared on Stan after the announcement of Disney Plus anyway. Yeah, so I think, I think Stan's been allowed to have the Touchstone titles a little bit longer because 10 Things I Hate About You, Coyote Ugly, and a whole host of others are still sitting on... Um, still sitting on stan but i don't think they're gonna stay there too much longer that like obviously already 10 things i hate about you is popping up as a coming soon title Mm. but i reckon there's gonna be a lot more coming it's just (laughs) it's like i i'm really excited about it the fact that there's already so much and they're gonna continue all the star wars movies are on there yeah, ex- yeah, I saw that. I, I do like that. And of all course, of, there are several cartoons and stuff like that. So, several. Yep. Um, yeah, that, that's fantastic. Does it have Caravan of Courage? Caravan <laughs> of Courage? Yeah. The one with the Ewoks. I haven't the, the seen shitty, it on the shitty, the shitty holiday special one. I didn't uh, see the Ewok movie on or, there. Or the one with um, Chewbacca, about finding Chewbacca's family. Oh, that's the um, the holiday special. Yeah. Is that on there? Uh, no, no. I think George <laughs> Lucas distance. would like to bury that somewhere. They, they're distancing themselves from those pieces of garbage. Yeah, no, not a problem with that. Um, yeah, um, but, um, I've I've watched some of the um, some of the original content already as well. Yes. Uh, first of all, The Mandalorian. Yeah. Holy crap! Good good uh, production qualities. It's the most Star Wars-y Star Wars thing since 1977. Okay. You'll have to go and give it a watch. I'll have to get it's... myself some sort of s- subscription somehow. Yes. Just get your hands on that show. It's just... It's... Oh, it... I kept reading all this praise about it. And I was like, oh god, like, I don't, I don't want to read it. I don't, I don't want to know because you know it's, it's just going to build it up to be something that, you know, like like Star Wars has not been able to live up to any of that for a long time. Yeah, yeah. You know, like like even though we love what's come out in the last few years, it doesn't matter. We and, can see what it's not getting. Yeah, to. yeah. You still see that it's not quite like. I think the the only Star Wars that's come even remotely close in the last few years was Rogue One. I concur with that. It's the like the solo movie is fun, but it's not quite the same. No, the Force Rogue Awakens one, is. Yeah, no, Rogue One is the only one that kind of kind of tries its best to um, to link to the original original films the most. Yeah, the other, these new ones are kind of trying to be for the new world rather than. Um, live in what made Star Wars great, so that's why I think Rogue mm. One is the best. If this can can kind of uh, link to that sort of feeling the most, then that's fantastic. It feels like the original film. Just Excellent. everything about it feels like the original film. The aesthetic, the way they handle characters and story development, it just feels like actual Star Wars. And is it one episode a week? Is that how they're doing it, or is this yep. a yeah, yeah, it's sure. one a week, and there's already two episodes up. And an hour it's, long? Uh, half an hour. Oh, that's not long enough. This should be a like, real, like... Somewhere between 30 season. to 40 minutes per episode. 
So I think episode one was 38 minutes. Episode two was 29 minutes or something like that. They should be hour. They really should be hour. They should be like Game of Thrones style big blockbuster yeah. series. Yeah. But it's it's interesting so far. And John Favreau is writing the episodes and he's created the series. So he's showrunner. He's created it. He's producing it. The only thing he hasn't done in the whole season is direct an episode. John Favreau is a, a driving force in this industry at the moment. He's really doing great things, and he's doing things that all the fans mm. of whatever he's creating for really appreciate. Yeah, yeah. Like he's nailing it in terms of of fan kind of um, fan service, I guess. Well, I like that Disney have hung on to him. Disney gave him literally gave him the keys to the kingdom a few years ago mm-hmm. after Iron Man, and then when Disney acquired Marvel they approached him to do a movie called Magic Kingdom about a family that got caught inside Disneyland one night and all the Disney characters came to life inside Disneyland. Right. Why haven't imagine, we seen that? Im- imagine like Night at the Museum, right? Yeah. Why haven't we seen that? Because it never came to fruition. Like Disney paid, like they packed off him and his wife and kids to go to Disneyland and experience the park and- like to inspire the the creation of this film because he was going to write and direct it and and whatever and it was going to be this massive spectacle and then it never came to fruition but they kept him on and he did the jungle book and then they mm. wanted to do a sequel but they'd already geared him up to do the lion king yeah right and now but he's a good he, the mandalorian like it's He's a good nuts. egg. He's a good, good, uh, good person to have a part of, um, part of the team. Um, he, he understands the fans. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, he, he's he seems to but be yeah. the best for fan service at the moment. But, but so, yeah. lo- lo- um, long story short, you're saying get Disney Plus, experience it myself, and um, I won't oh, regret yeah. it. You won't. I, I don't think anyone will really. I, there's so much wonderful stuff on there. I watched the Lady and the Tramp live action remake of course i forgot about that i watched that last night i thoroughly enjoyed it excellent excellent did it stick to the true original story or did it kind of switch it up for the modern day or anything like that uh it did one okay let's say technically two switch-ups uh first one being a representation of people of color in there instead of being incredibly whitewashed um i kind i kind of agree and i kind of disagree more i'm concerned with their motives for doing it just trying to appease the the present day that said if you don't think of it in those terms it doesn't matter because they just chose good actors yvette nicole brown from community plays aunt sarah and she does such a wonderful job yep she plays the absolute bitch perfectly which is so sad because she's so wholesome and lovely in community and i don't like seeing her play a bad character (laughs) It's not nice. Uh, the around. other, th- the other thing, and this was like they'd already talked about this in the media, and it was inevitable. They tampered a little bit with the cats. Oh, okay. Why? So remember, remember the Siamese cats that sang the uh, very racially charged song. Oh, of course. Oh, okay. Uh, we are Siamese, if you please. That thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they completely axed that song and just wrote a brand new song for the cats. Right. Yeah, but well, you, I can kind of see that. If you've 
if yeah, if you've never seen the original, you wouldn't notice. No, yeah, that's like, good. Like, that- like it just doesn't matter. And and the song the cat sang, like it was catchy, it was fun, and it wasn't. I didn't feel like it deterred from the story in any way. The story itself was kept pretty much intact. Mm-hmm. It handled the situations well. The animation was beautiful. It didn't feel over the top or anything because. 90% of the time the dogs are real dogs and they only really have to animate the faces and they only do it when they have to. Yeah. I noticed but other that than that you- it's all just genuine real dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and nice. they were rescue dogs that they used for the film as well. Oh. Now they're going to have really good happy. lives. Yeah. That's but it lovely. was sweet and wonderful and really well made, very wholesome. I am surprised that Disney didn't let it go to cinemas anyway. Yeah. That, because but, it could have held up perfectly well in the cinema. Well, especially because it would have just fit in with the theme of them recreating the, the old cartoons. So they Which was the... It. Well, that was the whole point. But then they decided they were going to make this one of the launch titles. But, yeah. Yeah, go figure. Yeah, uh, fair enough. I thought it was really good. And, yeah, just another reason to look into Disney+. Plus Again. Yeah. Seven day trial, if you're really worried about it. But honestly, it, it's more affordable than the other streaming services. It's a lot of things that we all already mm-hmm. love. Yeah, I'll, I don't know. I'll, I'm happy. I'll with have it. a I'll have a look at that. I'll get the VPN fight up and and get get an Australian one going. Um, yeah. from there, Drew. Let's uh, uh look. We'll 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 try and swing back. See if we can talk about Rick and Morty. Let's get on to the feature of the uh, the episode, and that is I agree, uh, Doctor, Doctor Sleep. Sleep. I'm always having a. I always have the really bad habit of of either saying or coming close to saying Doctor Strange. Yeah, you're not the only one. Of um, I think I've done it once or twice already. It just seems to roll off the tongue. I know. I was talking to Andrew the other day, and he kept doing it. <laughs> it's just something about. I just look. It is about a million times better than Doctor. S- Doctor Strange. That time I tried to correct myself too much. I wanted to say Doctor Strange and almost said Doctor Sleep. It's about a million times better than Doctor Strange. Um, it is, look, straight off the bat, even before we get into actually reviewing the thing, yeah. summing up my review at the beginning, it's an amazing film. You have to see it. This film, you have to see. And uh, Sarah and I have been kind of like, whenever we suggest to people... They ask, do you have to have, you know, and we say, look, it's the sequel to The Shining. The, Shining. The, the question gets asked, do you have to have seen The Shining to see this one? I don't think so. Yeah, and I th- I, I think so too. Like, I, I, well, I don't think so too. I, I, I reckon it can only enhance the experience for sure. But even still, they, 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 they've made this such a great standalone film that you don't, need to have seen The Shining. Um, you know, anywhere where they try to refer to The Shining, they've... Um, it's a spoiler, of course, it's a spoiler-filled thing. If you if you would like to see Doctor Sleep and you don't want to have any spoilers, stop listening to the episode now because um, there will be spoilers in this review. Uh, obviously, if you'd like to hear this week's sick end of the week, fast forward to the usual end of the the uh, episode. Mm. Um, if you hear the music, you've gone too far. Uh, but anyway, th- th- look, spoilers now. Um, anywhere where they they try to refer to the original film, The Shining, 
they've recreated the scene, you know, where necessary, basically. Um, which is probably, if I had to have a, a gripe about this film, it, it's that. That's the only gripe I have about the film. Um, but this film is awesome. It's amazing. And, yeah, like, uh, the feeling of reliving something as simple as, in The Shining, if you haven't seen it, the carpet in this hotel um you know what carpet i'm talking about that that really kind of retro oh, yeah. carpet that's uh, orange and brown yep and you know and and seeing uh danny riding his tricycle over that carpet and the sound effect of it going and completely silent as he rides over the carpet and then that loud plastic noise of the tires he, or rubber noise he goes over the uh, the floorboards and it goes silent again as he goes over the carpet yeah just seeing that carpet and 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 and, and danny riding on the, the tricycle again yeah i loved scenes like that that was fantastic um, i got the Drew, chills when the warner brothers logo came up and the original theme started playing i was like oh yeah, here we so go retro it was fantastic um oh. do you want to give us a quick synopsis quick plot sum summary without uh, well yeah a quick plot summary without giving anything away um, well yeah no you can try you can give some away again we've said the spoilers in it but i'm trying give to find some of it i'm trying to find a log line or something that someone's written so that i can use that yeah fair enough it's always easier if someone else has written something better um yeah look if if, if you're not aware of what this film is as other than it's knowing it's a sequel to the shining it really is a sequel to The Shining, and it's a sequel based off of Stephen King's novel. Yeah, he Dr. wrote Sleep. a sequel novel. Yeah. And and this is based off of that. This isn't just something where a studio has decided, let's make a sequel, let's try and come up with something. No, this, this is based off of a novel. It's based off of um, the sequel to The Shining, the novel. Um, and I'm guessing, based on Stephen King's kind of rap for it and... Uh, what he was able to contribute to the film and the writing process for the film um, was involved heavily in, in, or at least to, to some extent, um, in the creating of this film. Um, and it's so, therefore, it's a very true sequel. It is, it is um, I think you likened it properly to me, and I totally understand the, the example where you said it, mm. I think you said it on the show anyway, you know, it's the Blade Runner 2049 um to blade runner basically and yeah and that's perfect that is the perfect analogy because it 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 so much is i'm not the biggest fan of blade runner let's be honest i am <laughs> i don't know too I many am, people that are yeah look i'm a seldom fan of the shining i think the shining is pretty good but i mean look it's a lot of um stanley kubrick kind of like just staring at it and masturbating over himself and how good he is at doing stuff in many ways i think um yeah, a lot of it's a bit strange. Interesting camera work and interesting kind of, yeah, story. I think um, Jack Nicholson plays an interesting character who's a little bit, I think, too aggressive straight off the bat. You don't really see any sort of character development with him. He's already a nutbag and a bit crazy. The wife is probably the most irritating person on the planet. Um, so, look, whether that's the way that the, the book was written, I don't know. But, but it's a little bit difficult to watch and it just goes on for a little bit too long. I think The Shining. Um, this one is a longer film. I think. I mean, it's a it's a fairly long film. It's like two and a half hours or something like that. Um, but Doctor Sleep engages you so much more. It is such an engaging film, and it it tells 
it's paced properly. Yeah. I think that if we're comparing it to something like It Chapter 2, where it is also a very long film, um, it's a long film, but it doesn't feel paced properly, It Chapter 2, whereas this feels paced phenomenally well. Like, it is so well paced. Um, I, I think it's my favourite movie of the year, to be honest. Um, we'll get to the, the actual scores and stuff like that a little bit later on, but I yeah. loved this film so much. Like, it was just so enjoyable. Mm, I, I absolutely agree. Favourite of... Did you? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've just dived into my list of um, movies for the year. Oh, it's... Oh, it's coming close. It could, it could be number one. I think it's gone gone there for me. Um, you know, and, and and okay. So so a plot summary. Drew, have you found one, or should we just have a crack at it? Afterwards? Yeah, yeah. I've I've got a decent one. Okay, yeah. go for it. Go Good for old it. IMDb. Absolutely. Ye- years following the events of The Shining, a now adult Dan Torrance must protect a young girl with similar powers from a cult known as the True Knot, who prey on children with powers to remain immortal. It's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, it about Basically sums it up. Sums it up. Um, I, I, I'm not sure. Was Dick? It wasn't the original actor, or was it the original actor? Playing which one? Uh, playing Dick, the 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 shining partner from the first one. Was it Sarah? Yeah, the cook. The core in Doctor Sleep, the the, the the black guy that talks to Danny. Was that the original uh, actor? It had the same voice, like that that kind of like gruff sort of voice, but like real soulful sort of voice. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I don't think it's the same though. Yeah, that's a shame because he did a wonderful job, and it was almost nostalgic to have him there. Um, yeah, I, I, f- I find it interesting the fact that you know before I'd seen it, you told me that this film touches so much more on what The Shining is and kind of unlocks the world um, so much more, whereas The Shining really kind of just told the story of the hotel and what the hotel the hotel's got something odd with it where it sends you a little bit insane. Um, or can have that effect on you. Whereas this film really explores what The Shining is um, and what else is out there in the world. You know, people mm. use it for good, people use it for bad. And, and I like that a lot, the fact that it does touch on that. Um, the way it, it, it really builds almost character to the idea of The Shine or Shining. Yeah. Which is really good. I like that, like, for me, it just flew by. It didn't feel like it was dragging in any place. No, it didn't. It, the intensity didn't drop. The um, significance of all scenes stayed high. You were left, you know, it wasn't a massively suspenseful film, but it still, it, it kind of left you kind of just hanging on, hoping that everything was okay. You know, even mm. though even if you knew things were and everything was going to be fine, you still just you you had vested interest in this, 
you know, and and I you, you I wasn't sure where the story was going after the first maybe 10, 15 minutes. I wasn't sure what sort of story we were going to get. I wasn't sure if we were going to follow completely random other because I tried to avoid as much as I possibly could. I had ideas going into the film that you know Danny was now or whoever the person who was referred to as Doctor Sleep. I thought it was genuinely some sort of doctor. I thought that it was going to be someone um, where this was their actual job um, to do this, look at uh, try and help people, or, or you know, people having issues with sleep. You know, I th- I took it in a very literal sense, but the fact that it very much had nothing to do with the literal sense of Doctor Sleep. Um, and was so much more and and was a great kind of throwback to the shining and and a throwback to the the um the hotel and you know what what was lurking in the hotel and what the effect of the hotel was um still and uh, you know the the fact that the significance of the hotel to Danny wasn't significant to anyone else feeling no. this issue it's just that he had exper- he had been the one along with Dick, the cook, um, who had experienced what the hotel had to offer or, or what it was, what it could do to you and do to your mind. Yeah. Um, I, I think that the character of, uh, Abra was fantastic. I thought that she did a fantastic job, um, playing the character, the, the, the actor. Um, I thought that I, I found it very interesting that we were seeing almost, um, this idea that, Danny, who we knew had The Shining, had almost grown up with this thing where he was so powerful with The Shining, but wasn't quite aware of just how powerful he was. Yeah. Whereas we got to meet someone else who had grown up with it and was aware of just how powerful they were with The Shining. Mm. So we got to see another take on what it could offer because we... We we got so little of that in The Shining. We didn't know. We we knew nothing about it. There was no significance of the fact that Danny had The Shining. The only the only genuine kind of significant reason why Danny had The Shining in the film The Shining was that it meant that Dick then got the kind of um, felt uncomfortable. And therefore decided to go and visit them at the the hotel, which meant that the mum and and Danny had an, an ex- escape route via the the snowcat thing. Yeah. If it wasn't if it wasn't for that sole purpose, there was no reason for Danny to have the Shining at all. You know, and mm. I think that's what was lacking from the Shining. Whereas this one is this film, this film should have been called The Shining. What was the name of the hotel again? The Overlook Hotel. Yeah, so the first film should have been called The Overlook Hotel, and this film should have been called The Shining in many ways. Yeah, I get that. Because this one actually is about The Shining, not about the hotel. Um, don't get me wrong, and it, as as no spoiler, well, it is a spoiler, obviously, but, but you kind of assume it. We do see the hotel um, again in this film, and it does play a role in the film. And yeah. again, it's it's kind of that fan service in many ways because we get to see uh, things from the film that we we miss from the um, uh, since visiting it the first time. You know, there's the the uh, living quarters 
Um, there's the hallways, as I said, with the carpet. There is hotel room 237. Um, there is uh, the the famous room with a staircase where, where uh, Jack Nicholson sits down and, and does his work. Um, and, and, you know, all, all work and no play makes Jack go something something. Mm. I think that it was yeah. good. I loved how they handled every aspect of it. And again, it's that Blade Runner 2049 thing where it's its own thing, but it's also a sequel and it handles, it handles its story quite nicely. It gives fans of the original what they want. It gives fans of the book what they want. Mm -hmm. And it does something a little different as well. Also, I like I love the work of the guy that wrote and directed the film, Mike mm-hmm. Flanagan. He is the genius behind The Haunting of Hill House. Mm-hmm. So, and you were yeah. telling me, yeah, he he tried to involve Stephen King in some ways, or at yeah, least get he, him for he, advice. He spoke to Stephen King and got advice about how to handle it, and like I love that. I love yeah, that I, he I, actually took the time and the effort. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I really appreciate that he did that, and I think that the film is stronger for that. Um, would you say that... Um, I'm trying to think what my bloody question was. I just had it then. And just as I started speaking, I forgot what I was about to say. Um, the, 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 the... No, it's gone. Oh, no, that's right. That's what it was. Um, you you mentioned on the phone to me when telling me about the film, when I asked you a little bit of, of information on what the film was and what to expect, and you said that it touches on, on uh, or introduces vampires to the world. Yeah. And when you said vampires to the world, I kind of trailed off a bit, and I was like, oh, no, like, what on earth is this? What am I going to see? Am I going to see some Twilight rubbish? I recall. I recall you know, the, telling you it's Stephen King vampires. Yeah, you you did you did say that, but even still, <laughs> I was hesitant because vampires have been, um, so kind of not overdone, but just tarnished in their reputation and become so soft. The only film that kind of gives vampires a a good name to me is is what we do in the shadows besides that vampires fair uh yeah look they're a little bit soft and a bit pathetic and who cares and there's they've got more issues than having a you know there's more problems being a vampire than benefits so i was like you know what are we gonna see and i love the fact that they are very much stephen king vampires there's no desire for blood it's desire for i guess yeah powers you know that the idea of yeah. They're the bad guys in the world because they are bad guys. And they they have the same kind of connection or they're drawn to people with The Shining. But they utilize it in a different way by being violent and, and killing you, basically. Yeah. So I, I, I do love the, the way that they were introduced and the way that they were used. And, and yeah, like I can't... There's the only fault, as I said it off the top, the only fault I kind of have with this entire film is the way they recreated scenes from the original now there are a couple in there where i totally see that they were necessary for example the conversation again spoilers the conversation between um danny and his father it wasn't jack nicholson that was brought back it was another actor playing him do you want to know who the actor was who was it it was henry thomas 
who we know best as Little Elliot in E.T. I was, of course it was. Because he's <laughs> also in... the face. Haunting of Hill House. Yep. He's the younger version of the dad. <laughs> wow. Of course it is. I well, am a little dirty that they didn't bother just CGing the faces to Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall. But at the yeah. same time, I, I respect the decision not to as well. Because yeah, no, we're, exactly. we're all a little tired of seeing that stuff happen. Look, I think that the best execution of that was in Star Wars Rogue One. Um, but even still, when you watch it back on DVD or, or on TV at home, it doesn't look as good as it, as it did in cinema. Yeah. Um, I think you only and, got away with that trick the first time. Yeah. And, and, and um, I, what, what my kind of gripe with it is that I think that that scene was necessary entirely necessary i think that was a very kind of important one oh, it yeah. feels like it was kind of lost on me slightly because it wasn't jack nicholson i think that they could have maybe brought jack nicholson back and prosthetics and a little bit of cgi made it work sure that would have cost him a fortune to get him back for that one scene but nonetheless i think it would have been interesting to have him part of the sequel in some ways yeah um uh so i think that that maybe was um kind of a a, a lost uh, win there. Um, who who knows? No, maybe they did approach him and he said, "No, thank you. I'm I'm not up for it." Or he's of an age where he's just like, I, "I'm not up to that kind of stuff," or something. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? But I, I I found that to be I found that to be a good scene. But again, it was just kind of lost to me the fact that it wasn't Jack Nicholson. I appreciate though that in that scene they kind of they they made it. They kind of, it felt like they put up a banner at the bottom of the screen saying, we know it's not Jack Nicholson, guys, just kind of pretend it is. You know, by only showing yeah. him from side on, they didn't have any face-to-face -face kind of interactions like they did with Lloyd, the actual butler in, in The Shining. So mm. they, they played the scene properly and they kind of used it. I, I do appreciate that um, Old Mate does have the right bone structure in some ways of his um, his, brow, his brow line is, is kind of... Yeah. Um, correct. So I, I appreciate that. And I love that the way he kind of spoke was to try and mimic the way the character did. Uh, mm. I, I think that the opening scenes where they were showing, um, Danny on his tricycle, that I could have believed that was the original. I, I didn't realize it wasn't the original until he kind of got off his cri uh, tricycle and turned around and looked at the camera and we saw that it wasn't. And then I felt a little bit disappointed. I was like, oh, it's not real i thought it was genuine i was like do wow you, they've improved the, the camera quality fantastically um do you i think remember, that do you remember in the mm. middle of the film they're watching the baseball game yeah and the kid from wonder is um is the kid playing baseball um do you remember yeah. they, they show the the two men talking watching the game mm. one of the two men is the original kid Really? Yeah, is the original Danny Torrance. Really? Yeah. <laughs> see, in, but see, in some ways, I kind, I'm kind of disappointed that. Um, with that being said, I'm kind of disappointed that that they, that the industry requires a name associated with it. Um, I think Ewan McGregor did a fantastic job, though. And oh, I wasn't. Oh, he was I, an excellent choice. 
Yeah, he was an excellent choice. And I wasn't oh. sure entirely throughout, through a lot of the film, uh, despite the fact that I knew it was him, at the same time, I kind of got lost and forgot that it was Ewan McGregor, um, which means yeah. that I think that he did a fantastic job. Not oh, that yeah. there's anything wrong with being Ewan McGregor. It's just that I got lost in the character so much that I forgot who it was playing him. And I had to ask myself a couple of times, no, yeah, that is Ewan McGregor, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, of course. But the fact that they brought back the actor who played Danny to to make a cameo somewhere, it kind of makes me disappointed that it's that he didn't play Danny, you know. Um, they could well, have gotten away with it, I think, in some well, ways. he doesn't look enough like him now. He's bold or, or lacking a lot of hair. But it's him. A bit of a goatee and, yeah, it's... He does not look the same. Yeah, but Ewan McGregor doesn't look like Danny either. No, you but know, Ewan it, McGregor it... looks like he could be the son of Jack Nicholson. When you see the side by side photos of yeah, I guess their so. faces through the um through the axe hole in the door. Yeah. When I yeah, see I that guess, I, I, I go guess so. perfect choice. Yeah, no, that that's fair enough, I guess. That yeah, you 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 sold me on that one. Um Mm. Yeah, that, that that original scene though, the kid on the tricycle, he gets off the tricycle, turns to the camera, and it's not the original actor. Yeah. I think there are they, you know, they could have used the original footage, um, considering in the original, Danny rides past it, stops, turns around, attempts to open the door, it doesn't work. They could have used the footage to the point where he turns around, looks at the door then turned the camera away and had the door open and had whatever was in there kind of happen. I don't think there was a necessity to to recreate that entire scene with the new actor. I think if they could have limited the, the use of the new actor of Danny and the mother as much as possible, I think that would have been better. Um, just because it was so glaringly obvious that it wasn't them. Again, if you haven't seen The Shining, it's going to make no difference to you whatsoever. You're not going to give a single shit about that but for those that have seen the shining then watching that yeah i couldn't help but pay attention to that a little bit too much but but honestly other than that that is i i promise that is such a small issue with it on the grand mm. scheme of things it accounts to absolutely nothing it's like less than a percent of concern um or takes away less than a percent of interest in the film you know it is such a good movie drew your scores please Oh, this is tricky. Uh, okay, technical score eight and a half. Mm-hmm. Because, geez, it was like... Like, I got a couple of little gripes mm-hmm. in in there that we've already gone through. Just, you know, more more to do with the actors playing, playing the original characters and things like that. But really, pacing was good. Story was good. I liked that it took some twists and turns. To my understanding, it also deviates a little bit from King's novel, but it works in in a way that still complements it as a film. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that um, I like the fact that he reconciles it as a sequel to the Kubrick movie, but also lets it be a proper adaptation of the book as well. Mm-hmm. Like, like he he sort of bridges the gap. Um, I've actually got this um, thing open here about uh, where is it? Following the production of the film of Doctor Sleep, 
in which director Mike Flanagan reconciled the differences between novel and film versions of The Shining, King was so satisfied with the result that he said, everything that I ever disliked about the Kubrick version of The Shining is redeemed for me here. Fantastic. It's a huge when the authors, thing. When the, when the author is someone as fantastic as Stephen King, and even he can acknowledge the, um, yeah. the superbness of this film, mm. you know you've got something good. Yeah, it stand. It lives up to the the world he's trying to to create. Yeah. Um, as for a personal enjoyment score, I'm actually giving it a nine out of ten. Yeah, it totally it just, deserved to. I loved it. It was just fascinating. I I couldn't take my eyes off it. I felt genuinely terrified watching some parts of it. Certainly, any of the scenes with the woman from room two three seven. Mm-hmm. is just yes. chilling yeah like, yeah I certainly c- and i knew spoiler for the end of the movie spoiler but i knew as soon as abra walked out of the room and you could see mm-hmm. down the corridor that the bathroom and i mm-hmm. realized straight away the bathroom was exactly the same design i was like oh fuck. yeah <laughs> I, I knew it was coming and it was just taking its time i was like i don't want to see the woman again i can't mm. she looks terrifying i mm. can't deal with that and then sure enough she says yeah. good night to her mum. turns around and the woman's pulling the curtain back i was like no nope, mm. nope 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 but you know she's she, gonna deal with her because she's a legend i know but it like it was just it was terrifying watching danny lock himself in the room with it as a kid yeah and then it was equally terrifying to end the movie on that note with yeah. abra doing it oh i i i would um I would give it a it gets a nine out of ten for um technical for me. Um yeah. because it is such a well executed conversion from uh book to film. It is also such a well executed script on its own. It's such a well executed story. Pacing is exactly what I look for. In fact it should be um a yardstick for all other films. Um, in terms of pacing, uh, in terms of jumping around scene to scene and, and, and um, you know, developing settings and importance of characters, mm. it does it right as well. I thought that the writing was fantastic. I thought that sound design was fantastic. I like that there was um, elements of the original score used again. I love that when we were sweeping over the lake, um, heading towards the Overlook Hotel, in this film, I love the fact that the music harked back to the original. Um, I found the acting to be superb. I thought that um, selling the idea of of vampires and selling the idea of The Shining was so much stronger in this one than its its original. You know, you've used the example of Blade Runner twenty forty nine over Blade Runner. That's what this does here. Yep. We also have to look at, you know, the total yardstick of sequels, and that is Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Oh, makes the first one look like trash compared to Terminator 2. Yeah. This film, I think, is definitely in that top three with Terminator 2, Blade Runner 2049, and then this film in terms of the sequel to the original and, blowing, that- and, and done. Yeah. yeah. 
it, like they complement each other nicely. I find like it, exactly it I, it doesn't it does the right thing by the original by improving yeah. on the original. That's what yeah. a sequel should do, and that's what this does. Godfather, it, it, and yeah, it enhances yeah. the original. Yeah. And and you know, sure, it may blow the socks off the original and make the original maybe not look so good compared to this one. Again, the Terminator Two or Blade Runner kind of effect. Oh yeah. But, but having said that, it doesn't make the first one unwatchable. It makes the first one necessary to tell this story. Yeah, um, exactly. So it does everything that it needs to do, and that's why I think this film deserves a nine. It executed everything properly, and I love the the fact that um, we're able to have some input from Stephen King on it. A little bit like the uh, like it chapter one did. Mm. Um, Personally, I'll give it a nine and a half. I think it's the closest I've got to giving a ten. It gets a nine and a half. Yeah. The only half point that it loses is because I think they maybe could have um, worked those uh, original scene recreations a little bit differently. Having said that, though, I think that they also used um, the new actors for the original cast, you know, a little bit more than maybe they could have or should have. And that's maybe so that we believe that that's the character a little bit more and get lost in the world of of what we're watching rather than try and think about the original actors a little bit more. Um, so I that's, also just love how well they recreated the Overlook. For well, uh, yeah, well. That, 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 exactly. That is Setting-wise, they did not an amazing job. Not even just flashbacks. Like, no, the whole thing. the Overlook. Yeah, and and you know the the way the lights are kind of interacting as they walk into a room, the way yeah. the ballroom looks, the way again, the the living quarters, the the red rum written on the doorway and the smashed out doorway. There was a a mistake there though. There red was rum. a mistake there though. The uh, in in this one, only one of the panels in the door is missing. In The Shining, wow. when yeah, when Jack Nicholson turns away and and starts walking back out because he hears the the. Um, Snowcat coming along with Dick in it. Um, you'll see the door has both panels missing, so that was a mistake. And I noticed that having watched The Shining just before, you know, the night before seeing this film. Um, but yeah, look, uh, my only gripe is the, the the use of new actors for the original characters. Not so much for the character played by Jack Nicholson. I don't have a problem with him so much because um, that was such an important conversation. I think to have, especially the dad taking the place of Lloyd, the the bartender. Mm. But again, I think that they could have maybe used the the son and and mother a little bit less. But again, I think they might have shown them more than maybe they had to, and that's just so that way you believe that it's them a little bit more. Didn't work so much with me, so that's my only gripe. Besides that, it's a nine and a half film um, out of ten. Could have had ten, but you know little things it's fantastic i think that's the highest score i've ever given even so there you go perfect film this this is what films should be um perhaps the only other 10 i ever gave or perhaps the only 10 i ever gave was for blade runner 2049 i can't remember that was two years ago or so yeah you know this is is i think the best film i've seen since blade runner 2049 in terms of a new film in cinema yeah and 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 i mean that you know yeah big call there have been some good films yeah, there's been some great ones too. But some gr- yeah, yeah. yeah. But in terms of of hitting all the boxes, smashing yeah. everything out of the park, I think this one probably does it the best since then. Yeah, and uh, 
Yeah, and again, look, it's 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 adding on to an original thing that was such a, a big hit. Yeah. So to do such a good job alongside that, I think, yeah, it gets extra points. Yeah. For me, it's like, like it's on that level with things like Blade Runner 2049 or um, my, my big one is always going to be Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah. Literally yeah. the definition of sixth times the charm. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's amazing. I, I I watched that again. It was just on TV the other day, and it's just such an enjoyable movie. Know, like, right? oh. what they do with it, you look at it and look back at what things in the other films have done. There are strong points in other things. You know, I can't remember which one it was in in um, in Mission Impossible when they're in Dubai. That fourth. sandstorm scene. I thought it was the fourth one. The sandstorm scene. Um, yeah. Just seeing that wall coming towards them, and just yeah, how much the the film changes in that moment when the, the storm hits. Like, there are so many things of it that are so strong, but I think this is the best one that just kind of yeah ticks all the boxes. And it also hits the original beats, those, you yeah. know, when you see Tom Cruise hanging there in the second one, I think, hanging there in the laser room, and he has to cover his bead of sweat and stuff. That's, and yeah, the first one. That's the first one? Okay, sorry. Yeah. Um, and just the silence of that, like, it's total silence, but it's showing total precision as well. And in, in Fallout when they've got that um, projector screen and they're walking down the hallway with it. Again, it's the same sort of thing. It's the silence and it's the precision and it's the making sure everything goes right and the timing and everything. Like, there's there's the right beats. Um, yeah. Perfectly executed. Yeah. I think the point being that sequels can be better and they can be good and amazing and they can do all these things and disappointing that so many are not. But... Exactly. When I mean, I look at... When they're good, they're great. Oh. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and when, you know, they're not always necessary, but, but when they come along, if they if they prove their worth, it makes them entirely necessary. I'm looking yeah. at you, Toy Story 4. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, great great showing of special effects, poor showing of script writing. Anyway. Not on the streaming <coughs> service yet. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good. Uh, moving on from that, Drew, it's our sick end of the week. It is our sick count of the week. Who do you think is worthy? I think it's probably someone from the production of uh, Doctor Sleep. Do we give it to our... Yes. Uh, uh, you, you go ahead. I, I was going to say, does our, does our writer and director yes. deserve it? Yes. <laughs> Aside from the part where we already admire his work, Hill House. Yes. Oh my goodness. For those of you out there, if you've not seen The Haunting of Hill House, get on Netflix and check it out straight away. One, one other thing about um, uh, about this film, Dr. Sleep. Look, it's not a jump scare movie. No. The Haunting of Hill House is more thriller than jump scare as well. As much as you'd think yep. it's... And looking back at it, you go, it's a jump scare thing. It's really not a jump scare it's thing. It's not. It's a slow burn. There are no, jumps and, in and it. No, and there are but... jump scares in it. Having said that, it's not what it's mainly about. When you look at the um, Doctor Sleep, it's not a jump scare movie, but boy oh boy, does it have some well-timed jump scares. Not going to say anything more oh. than that, but it does oh, have, yeah. and you can tell it's the same director because he scares the shit out of you. I jumped like an idiot, I'm and the cinemas here in the UK. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The, the cinemas here in the UK, when the lights go down, they don't go down completely, so you can still see everyone in the cinema, and oh. so everyone was seeing me jump like an idiot. <laughs> yes, I, I jumped and almost jumped in now. <laughs> Another time, I'll tell you. 
Yes, uh, please. But yeah. yes, our sick Kent of the week, Drew. Mike Flanagan. He is our sick Kent of the week. Well done, and looking forward to season two of The Haunting. Let's see what we get next time. Um, but here we are. We've a uh, nice long one today. Drew, thank you very much for today. Thank you. We will. Um, I think we'll put Rick and Morty to next week, by which time yes, you will. will have seen the second episode. Exactly. We can discuss both episodes and perhaps the yes. third one. We'll see, if, we'll see how, uh, how efficient we are. But uh, no, thank you very much. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, there's thank you. the theme song in the background. Thank you, Drew. Until next week. Yep.